Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome to yet another victory edition of the Believe in Lions podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V right here on the Believe Network. I'm your host, as always, at Javanaugh87, Jack Kavanaugh, joined as always by the all-pro safety, the all-world commentator, the NFL interception leader. It's Glover Quinn. Oh, yeah. What's up, man? Just loving life. I mean, what a win. A game that you you need to win. You should win. You're favored. But to go out there and exercise those demons against the Minnesota Vikings, the division rivals, and continue our hunt for the playoffs, what a day. I mean, it was a great day, great game. I think, you know, today showed that the Lions are primed and paused for a playoff run. They needed to get this win to, to start this last stretch of five games. Huge win. I think it's going to propel them right in. And I think, you know, I think we'll be seeing the Lions in the playoffs. I th- It's certainly looking that way, especially with the rest of what happened today. The Giants lost to the Eagles as expected. They're now 7-5-1, and one, which means to get to 10 wins, they've got to go 3-4 and four against the Commanders, the Vikings, the Colts, and the Eagles. Football is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, hockey, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. Yeah, I I don't think they win three out of those four games. I think they lose to the – I mean, the only way they beat the Eagles is if the Eagles are sitting guys because of the playoffs. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think – and they may not do it for the Eagles, but I think if you got that number one seed and you got that bye, I don't think you need to sit your guys because they already got a week of rest. I mean, if they've played – 17 weeks and haven't gotten injured you can't sit here and say okay we want to protect them from injury you've you 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 got a whole week off let those guys play and stay sharp you don't want to go into the playoffs off of two weeks without game action so that may be tough for the giants to get a win in week set week 18 um you know i think the commanders will beat them next week 
I, I, I mean, they could beat the Vikings. We see the Vikings are very beatable, but the Vikings play very well against almost everybody else other than the Lions, right? Um, so I could see the Giants easily going one and three, you know, in these last four games as opposed to three and one like they need to do. So I think the Giants are that they are trending downward for me. So I don't I don't think they'll be playoff worthy. And this is obviously I'm biased here because I'm rooting against the Giants, but the Colts are going to give them problems, too. They've got a strong defense, a run heavy attack, which worked pretty well for the Eagles today, ran all over the Giants. So none of these are gimmies. And if the commanders do beat the Giants this coming weekend, they will be eight, five and one. And to get to 10 wins, they'll have to win two out of three against the 49ers, the Browns and the Cowboys. That's going to be tough as well because, you know, with the Eagles, with the Eagles, you know, basically taking that division, the Cowboys are going to have to continue winning to to get that wild card spot. So I don't see them sitting anybody, you know, they're going to be playing. So it's going to be tough for the commanders to beat the the Cowboys. And then you look at um, who else you said in there? The 49ers. Uh, 49ers. That's going to be tough. You know, we're going to see how Brock Purdy do today in his, in his start. But um, the cap, the 49ers defense is still tough. So that's going to be a tough win for the commanders to get as well. So I, I think it's going to be very difficult for either one of those teams to get to nine or ten wins. I just don't see, um, unless they just start playing incredibly, you know, good, I, I don't see them, you know, going on that type of run and and beating these teams who are vying for playoff spots. And I think that's the biggest thing. You look at the line schedule. The Panthers aren't vying for a playoff spot. Nope. Although the in although the South isn't very strong, I don't think the Panthers are vying for a playoff spot. I don't think the Bears are, you know, like and then come week seventeen, week eighteen, I think the Packers are out of it by then. Yeah. I think I think they're out of it. I mean, who do they play tomorrow? They are play they're on bye right now. They're on bye? Yeah. yeah. I think the Packers are out of it come week week 18. And so the Lions are playing for playoff spots. And then the teams that the other guys are playing, the 49ers, the Eagles, the Cowboys, like that's going to be tough games for the Giants and the Commanders. So I think you probably end up seeing, you know, one of those teams make a wild card. Um, but it also depends because you got Seattle in there as well. Seattle going to run. You could end up with Dallas, Seattle, and the Lions in the playoffs, and the Giants or the Commanders don't make it. So it's going to be interesting going down the stretch. I like that you brought up the Seahawks, too, because to get to 10 wins for them, which and they would have the tiebreaker over the Lions, they have to beat the Panthers, which seems like they'll do. 49ers is in there, Kansas City, Jets, and Rams. They've got to win three out of five. 49ers, Casey, and Jets are all going to be... Tough. teams vying for playoff seating. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Like I said, I think I think the Lions got just on paper. Um I think the Lions got the easiest the easiest route. And the- far as the strength of schedule with the teams. Now, like I said, you still got to go play the games. Of course. You got to play the games. And you got to have some of these games on the road. So either where you anywhere you go, there there are no more inside games. Carolina, Chicago, Jets, like I don't know where they got to go, but they're gonna have to go somewhere 
and all those games are going to be in the cold. So that's that's that that plays a factor into it. So you still got to go play the games. But just looking at it on paper, the Lions have the easier road to the playoffs. And they certainly received a boost today. A little shot of J-Mo did good for the Detroit Lions offense. Jamison Williams, his second target was a drop. He was just too uh, distracted by the cornerback coming down. But his first target, his first NFL reception, 41-yard touchdown where he completely burnt the safety and was so fast that he actually had to slow down for golf's ball because I don't think golf was ready for that pure blazing speed. Yeah. And and the thing that, you know, outside of that, yeah, you talked about the drop, but I think the biggest thing for me was you, you come out and you have that play early in the game and you, you know, you go up top. I didn't see another shot to him the rest of the game. Nope. His only other target was that little, uh, that swing little pass. Yeah, like, you know, you won the game, you played a great game, but I'm just saying, like, okay, you, you have that kind of success early in the game. You got to take another shot in the next three quarters some at some point. Um, but I guess DJ Shark was the shot that they, they took, and, and he went up top. So, you know, I I like what I saw. I think, you know, Jameson's going to add a, a, a huge speed burst to that offense. They're going to be – that much more explosive and that's just going to open up more things for Amon underneath who's already you know killing it underneath um Josh Reynolds is 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 coming alive making plays you know you still got DeAndre Swift out of the backfield you you got you got weapons you got weapons and they can score points Jared Goff is playing pause right now. He's playing really good football right now. So they got weapons. They can score points. Jamison Williams is only going to add to that. And one touchdown goes to Jamison. One goes to Chark, as you mentioned. Another goes to Josh Reynolds. All had great games. Amon Ross St. Brown, he wasn't flashy. Only six grabs, only 68 yards. But again, that's averaging over a first down per reception. And multiple third down chain moving receptions. So if his down day on the lighter side of the production is still 68 yards and what three, four first downs, five, I'll take that every time. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how it's going to be. And and you see, you know, we, we mentioned three other wide receivers names, right? We mentioned DJ chart going up top. We mentioned Josh Reynolds catching a touchdown. We mentioned Jamison Williams. So like it, you're not going to have, the top game every week you know what i'm saying so now you look at that it's like okay going into next week you know there's they're trying to figure out who do we stop do we do do we do we have we got to worry about jameson we got to worry about dj we got to worry about a mom we got to worry about ja- like it just opens up things for everybody and so you're gonna have those games but like you say to be able to convert you know first downs four or five of those things in the game that's huge. That's keeping the clock, keeping the clock running, which they did a great job in the fourth quarter doing that. And then it's moving the change throughout the game. And, you know, like I said, the one thing that I've noticed that you haven't seen a lot from the Lions these last few games that they've been winning is they haven't turned the ball over. They haven't turned the ball over. And when you don't turn the ball over and you can force a few turnovers, it gives you a chance to win. It does. It really does. And, One final note on the offense, Jamal Williams was interviewed at some point, just before half, maybe just after half, but 
he was asked about Justin Jackson scoring a touchdown, the running back. He was the only running back to score a TD. It wasn't Jamal, wasn't DeAndre. It was RB3, Justin Jackson. And Jamal's response is, there aren't any egos here. I'm celebrating just as hard for a DeAndre touchdown as I am for a Chark touchdown as I am for a Justin Jackson's touchdown. There's no egos here, kind of like up in the booth. And I think that was just to get the uh, commentary to leave him alone at that point. <laughs> He's got some yeah. great quotes, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, like you said, there, there isn't any egos. Those guys are playing well. They're sharing the wealth. And they, they seem like they understand that, you know, when, 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 when like one of us eat, we all eat. You know what I'm saying? Like today may not have been Jamal's day for getting in the end zone, but these other guys are doing like it just you just never know from week to week and you just got to go out there and play. But it just makes it so difficult for the other team to defend because you got so many weapons. You got so many things that you have to worry about. And I think it puts the lines in a great, great, great situation moving forward to make that playoff run. It really does. And we've talked about this throughout the season with the play calling building on itself and mixing and matching schemes. So things are looking similar and a couple plays that really stood out to me. Number one was the fake crop uh, crack toss to Deandre Swift. They faked the pitch, something they've run for weeks on the goal line. Every time they get close to the, to the goal line, Deandre Swift's on the field, you know, they're running a pitch. They fake that, and that leads to Josh Reynolds' touchdown. And the number two play on offense that I really want to highlight, you know what it is. It's the big boy reception. <laughs> Panay Sewell lined up in bunch formation. Motions across the field, wide open reception. The man moves like a cat at 340 pounds. Just he dives for the first down, and defender tries to get up in his face, swat the ball after, and Sewell's having none of that. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. It's a great play call, but you know that shows the type of athletic ability and that that you know Panay has for the coach to feel confident enough to make that call in that situation, and for you to deliver soft hands. You know, I mean, him running to the flats to the right and have to turn back to catch the ball, all hands, then turn back around and get the first down. That was pretty impressive for a big guy. And, you know, that just opens things up because now you got to respect him. Now you got to respect him because he can catch the ball. He's shown that he can catch the ball out of the backfield. So that's a great play call, man. You got to give it up to those guys. They dialed it up and they executed it. And everything is great when you when you do that. When you execute and you get stuff done, it's it's great. There's going to be something in the near future. We're going to see that formation again. We're going to see Panay in motion again. And there's going to be some little twist on it. I don't know if they're going to go run to the backside or if it's going to be a drag by a receiver from the other side. There's going to be something that builds on what we've seen. And that's what, over the last couple of weeks, the offense has just really meshed. No turnovers. And for the defense, they've been getting turnovers in bunches lately. I couldn't believe this when I heard it, but the Lions now have 12 straight games with a turnover on defense. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I, I, I saw it didn't that. feel like that. Right, because I, I remember for a long time we're sitting there talking about the soccer trots and this and this and that, and I'm like, for them to be six and seven, that means that they've only played 13 games. Yeah. And to have a turnover in 12 straight, I'm like, I know we was four or five weeks. I'm like, dude, we don't even see the soccer trot. We we like went like, but maybe they were getting worn and we just, it just didn't seem like it. Um I'm starting to think that maybe it would be end of game. There are a couple times like against the Cowboys, the Patriots, where the game's out of hand. Oh, there's a turnover here. Right. It had to be something like that because I I don't remember 12 no. straight games of a turnover. But I, but I know that we've if you told me six straight, I'd believe that. Yeah, I, I would say ever, ever since the was it the Green Bay game at home? Yeah. Ever since the Green Bay game at home, they've the first game after Coach Pleasant got fired, whatever yeah. game that was, they've been playing. I think you know Jeff. You know he rips the ball out of Lazar's hand. They uh, try to get the recovery on the sideline, like that game right there. That's when they started on the turnovers, and Kirby Joseph had the interceptions. Yeah. The ball just finds Kirby Joseph's hands, doesn't it? And well, it's it's you go ahead, you explain it. Well, I mean, the thing is, you make plays when you are around the ball. Yeah. So when the ball goes in the air, if you're around it, you get an opportunity to make plays. When the ball is on the ground, if you're around it, you get an opportunity to make plays. So that's why it's so very important to hustle and run to the ball. Because you never know when the ball is going to get on the ground and you get a chance to in, to pick it up. You never know when the ball is going to get tipped in the air and you get a chance to catch an easy interception. You just never know. So you have to be hustling and be around the ball. And he has a nose for being around the football. And when you're around the football, sometimes good things happen for you. You know a little something about that. Making just some a little turn- bit. Some turnovers uh, once or twice. Whether it's interceptions, f- forced fumbles, fumble recoveries, Glover Quinn could do it all. So can Kirby Joseph, it seems. And that play was super interesting because I didn't realize it in the moment. But I went back and watched it. They were actually setting up for a little pop pass there from Dalvin Cook. But the center, who was the backup, he just gets completely blown up by Isaiah Bugs, And that's why Cook's kind of holding it awkward and so easy to punch out. But I'm not complaining. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it was crazy. I saw as it was happening because it didn't look like Dalvin was like really trying to run. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see anybody break free. But if you go back and get the replay, if he'd have had another couple seconds, it would have been a touchdown. Um, but to get the pressure, he's trying to execute the play so you don't have the ball in a secure position as far as being able to run the ball. You get those big D linemen break through their linebackers. Somebody swipe down and hit that ball. It's coming out every time. And, I mean, that's a helpless feeling for him laying on that ground, and you can literally see the ball rolling back, and it's a fumble, and all you see are the Lions players. Luckily, Kirk Cousins was able to get him, get Kirby on the ground. But great play by the defense. Awful play calling by the Vikings. 
A lot of <laughs> love the shot at the Vikings too, but a lot of great plays by this defense. We saw for the third game in a row, James Houston sack. He now has four sacks on the season, four sacks, three games. Aiden gets one later on in the game. We also I thought he had two. They en- ended up giving that one to uh, James Houston. Oh, okay, it was a it, they uh, and it could change still. You know how those stat corrections come in, right? So he's got one for sure, possibly one and a half, two. So, but. and I mean, that puts him at what seven? That I was sitting there during, sure. the, during the game. I was like, all right, that's two for Aiden. That puts him up at eight with four games left to play. He could, he'll, he'll be a double digit sacker, two interceptions. Like, he, he'll end up having a pretty good stat line towards the end of the year. And these are going to be the games and the plays that they remember. Nobody's going to really remember or care so much as to how the season started. They may talk about, you know, it started out slow, but this streak that the Lions have been on, if you think back, Aiden Hutchinson has made some big defensive plays, interceptions in there, forcing interceptions to Jeff Okuda, like sacks. He recovered a fumble against – um I don't know who that was. He recovered a fumble against um, – might have been the Packers or somebody, one of those teams. Bears. Uh, Bears. Might have been the Bears, yeah. Uh, recovering the f- – so he's made some big, big plays down the stretch, and this is what people remember because these are the games that matter. These are the games that matter. You play well in the games that matter down the stretch. That's what people remember. Nobody really remembers from that standpoint what happened in week one like yeah he didn't have a sack okay but he still ended up with 13 of them like you know what i'm saying so i think he's on a good path i think he's gonna end up with a with a pretty good stat line i sure think so i sure hope so the the entire d line just bringing it today kirk cousins under a lot of pressure no run game to speak of for the vikings 22 yards rushing on 17 carries just couldn't get anything going love to see that and at times it helped the secondary but at times it did not because we do have to talk about justin jefferson i mean i think you know you go back to what i said earlier in the week those things like that are okay when you're playing against an explosive offense no you don't want to give up 400 yards no you don't want to give up all this and this and that But when you look at the whole totality of the game, they kept Justin Jefferson out of the end zone. They shut down Davin Cook, right? TJ Hawkinson, they tried to get him going early. He caught a few passes, but nothing was really major. You know what I'm saying? Short yard gains, 13 yards here. Like, nothing really, whatever. Adam Thielen catches the one touchdown, but that's really all he did, and that's just – you know, that's just playing football. Stuffed on the two point too. Yeah. So when you look at the whole totality of it, it's like, okay, Justin Jefferson had a lot of yards. Don't get me wrong, but he didn't score a touchdown, and he pretty much shut down everybody else. You know, I feel like that's like saying we're gonna let LeBron score sixty, but we're still gonna win ninety to eighty six because nobody else is gonna be able to score. You know what I'm saying? Um, so. That's kind of how I looked at that. Yes, would you like to see some better communication and better, you know, 
whatever to help out. But Justin Jefferson is one of the best receivers in the league. And, you know, he was able to get open on some plays today and, and make a couple plays. But, hey, man, you shut everybody else down. You still give yourself a chance to win. And that's what I thought you would say. But I just, you know, you have to talk about it when any player goes for a career day, career high 223 yards. You have to talk about it. But the no touchdowns, that is the key to the Justin Jefferson stat line. and. The second key to that is it's a loss. Right. Like if I was having to do rank, you know, top performances of the week, at this point I wouldn't have Justin Jefferson, even though he had 200-something yards. He didn't have any touchdowns, and they lost the game. It's hard to, you know, that's just kind of how it is. You you have to win the game. You kind of I, – I remember when we when we used to do like, player of the games and this and this and that. It was suck, you know, when you battle and you battle, you battle, and you never get player of the game. You never get player of the game. But then you you go out and you have a great game, right? You catch an interception, you do this, you ball, but then you lose the game and we don't give our stuff for when we lose the game. And then you win the game, but you didn't have that type of a game. So you just like, you know, so it sucks for him. But at the end of the day, you go and catch that, 220 some yards you throw in another touchdown and y'all win the game yeah we're talking about one of the greatest performances but right now we can't talk about the performance that you had because we're talking about how the Lions played better and did enough to get the win and Justin Jefferson seems like that kind of receiver where he's not going to be celebrating after this game he's going to take it personally because last time in the win the Lions held him to 14 yards and he didn't mind at the time, but you could tell this week in the media that he was getting sick of being asked off oh, 14 yards. You only had 14 yards last time. So he was primed for a big day. He was ready. He was excited, but there ain't no way he's enjoying those 223 yards after a loss. No, he's upset. You know, he's upset. And, you know, at the end of the day, as a wide receiver, it takes two. I mean, you, Kirk Cousin was looking for him. And like I said, when you're looking for him, He's going to make some plays, but you may miss times where Thielen is open. Osborne, you know, and I think Osborne caught a touchdown, right? But that's the only catch I remember him having all day. Yeah. So, like I said, if if you let Dalvin Cook go for 80 yards rushing, that's a different ball game. You let Adam Thielen go for six catches for, you know, 82 yards, that's a different ball game. But to be able to shut everybody else down for the most part, I'm okay with that. No, you don't want to see that many yards put up, but at this point in the season, you're trying to win football games. And we're certainly winning those football games, winning against our former teammate, TJ Hawkinson, who was the second receiver on the team technically, but only 77 yards, which on paper sounds great, but I only really remember that his first reception of the game, he catches a first down and, I texted you right away. Oh, they're feeding TJ early. I, I'm a little bit worried. But then the next catch doesn't go for a first down. It's a five or six yarder. And then the next target he has, incomplete turnover. Or, well, sorry, they go for it on fourth and one because of the punt turnover on downs. And after that, the only thing I remember from TJ Hawkinson, I know he had some catches, but I remember the drop first down against his former team. 
Yeah, I mean, like I say, I mean, nothing was impactful. You know, you can you can catch some passes, but they're not impactful. So when you lose a game, like I say, when you win the game, it's going to be looked at totally different. But in order to win the game, he probably catches that pass on the sideline. So now we're not talking about the drop. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're talking about, you know, eight catches for 90 yards now. You see what I'm saying? And then now that drive continues and you probably get a chance to have more catches or a touchdown or things like that. So when you lose the game and you don't think of any impactful plays, it's just another another normal day. I mean, it was just TJ called some passes. Um he almost seemed flustered after that first catch because he got some booze after that first catch that he had. Almost seemed like that kind of got to him a little bit. I mean, it may, you know. I don't know why they would boo him. He didn't ask to be traded. But... I didn't like it either, but <laughs> it seemed to affect him. Hey, now you play for the Vikings, so we still love you, TJ, but during the game, you play for the Vikings, and we're trying to win the game, so yeah, it happens. To, and exactly to be fair, they're booing Justin Jefferson all game too. They're booing right. during Kirk Cousins. It's nothing personal. Just wonder if that impacted him at all. And I wonder if the reports this week that Jared Goff. We already talked about how he's playing the best football of his career. That's from him. And then the reports come out that the Lions don't just view him as a bridge quarterback. They very much see him as a future part of this team. And then Jared comes out and plays a hell of a game. Jared trying to earn some money. He really is. It's, holiday, it's holiday season. He's trying to earn some of that money. Give me that money. And he's showing over these last few weeks, if I don't turn the ball over, we can run the ball. You give me some weapons. I can spread it around. I can be a solid quarterback. This is what he did in, in when he was with Los Angeles, right? Run the ball, tie Gurley, hand it off, and then you give him some weapons. You give him guys that he can throw the ball to. And you don't turn the ball over. You let your defense work for you. Let your playmakers make plays. Hey, show me the money. When it comes down to it, football is pretty simple, all things considered. Play solid fundamentals. Don't turn the ball over. And spread the love around. Get your playmakers the ball. Things are going to happen. Yeah, that I mean that's the that's the name of the game. The biggest one is no turn, not not to turn the ball over. Trust your guys, trust your weapons, and then let them do what they do best. Get them the ball so that they can do what they do best. And if you can do that and not turn the ball over, you're gonna give yourself way more chances to win football games. You will, and hopefully the Lions give themselves more opportunities to win the game next week against the New York Jets, who hopefully the best for Mike White. Mike White, the quarterback for the Jets, he was headed to the hospital after the game to get his ribs looked at. Coach Robert Sala says it's just precautionary. They're not super worried about it, but they just want to do right by Mike White and take care of him. So hope everything is okay, but regardless... The Lions will either be facing a quarterback with a rip banged up ribs or Joe Flacco because Joe Flacco is QB2 ahead of Zach Wilson now. Joe Flacco, yeah. And that, and that's the thing. You know, Joe Flacco is very, very, uh, you know, experienced quarterback. Um, Did you ever pick off Joe Flacco? Yeah. 
I thought you would have, but I didn't know how much crossover there was. Oh, I picked him off when I was in Houston. Okay. Yeah, I got this picture. It's uh, uh oh, I ain't got that one up. It's upstairs. Um, but yeah, I had a nice one hander off of uh Joe Flacco. <laughs> the year they won the Super Bowl, actually. Ooh. Yeah. That's quite an accomplishment, too. Yeah. Um, but Joe is a experienced quarterback, and the thing about him though, he is very much immobile. So we could see Aiden Hutchinson go for and James Houston go for a combined, you know, five or six sacks, you know. And if they're playing in New York, it's probably gonna be cold. Joe ain't played all year. It's gonna be cold out there for Joe, man. These okay. young boys, these young boys come around that corner on Joe. Uh they better hope that Mike Mike can get healthy. But then it's gonna be tough on him. The ribs are no joke, man. Oh the we ribs are no Justin joke. Herbert. He it was over a month before he was even okay. Man, I remember in 2016, we're playing the Seattle Seahawks in the playoffs, and we played Green Bay in the last game of the season to try to – man, I had hurt my ribs in one of those games before Green Bay, and then I had a collision with the big fullback that Green Bay had, and I hurt my ribs again. Oh, man, going into that playoff game against Seattle, oh. I had to get my junk numbed up. Like, man, that trash hurt is so bad. Oh, you don't want the ribs, man. You don't want that. Mm-mm. Every single breath, every step just hurts, right? Oh, yeah. Painful, though. Like, really painful. So I can only imagine a quarterback, uh, you know, still getting hit. It, like, because as a DB, you can kind of, you know, control certain things. But as a quarterback, you're getting hit, sacked, slammed. Like, it's cold. Oh, yeah. And you got to throw every time just a jarring of the – yeah, they might prepare for Joe. <laughs> Regardless, banged-up quarterback with ribs, Joe Flacco, it's going to be cold. Those hits are going to hurt a little bit more. And the Lions have been – swarming the football just all at least two players in on every tackle it seems like and that's nice to see what's not so nice to see final thing I kind of want to ask you about for the defense side is Jeff Akuda. he ends up leaving the game we know he was sick all week and he takes those two penalties on the scoring drive this I think the second drive of the game first scoring drive mm-hmm. then he ends up leaving gets replaced by Imani Oruwarie have to imagine between the concussion mistime, the illness, he's just not at 100% and the Lions wanted to make a move just for the game? Yeah, I mean, that's what I would assume. I didn't see anything that would say otherwise. I didn't see any kind of no. ankles or knees or head or anything like that, so you just have to assume that he's probably just sick and, you know, you're dehydrated and you're feeling weak or you just, you know, still probably balance some of the illness or whatever and it just... um because he didn't hopefully start. That's, the game. Hopefully that's what it is. He didn't start the game either, either, and then he subbed in. So I imagine the plan all along was, all right, you're going to mix in and out because you're not fully fresh. And then right. when he just leaves and doesn't come back, have to imagine that's the illness. Right. I'm just glad the money didn't have to play the whole game. 
<laughs> Saw him in a couple times, and I got a little that bit terrified. That would have been brutal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nightmares. Yeah. All things considered, though, a win is a win, and this was a pretty damn good win over the division rivals. A playoff game for the Lions. Pretty much every game from here on out is a playoff game because if you win, you control your destiny. Yep. And that's what the Lions want to do. They want to control their destiny. They want to win the games. And I like I said earlier, I think they got the I think they got the best shot. I think they got the best the best path the best path to get there. They just gotta take it one game at a time and come back this week and go take care of the Jets. And every game you win, like I said last week, every game you win, the next game gets bigger and bigger. Right now, the Jets is the biggest game of the season coming up. The Jets. And that biggest game of the season. We will be back to cover later this week. But Glover, before that, any pluggables to plug? Any final thoughts on the Detroit Lions win or just football in general? I mean, I think, you know, I've been hearing it a lot. You know, the Lions are a scary football team right now. They're playing at a high level. Nobody wants to play those guys. They're young. They're 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 athletic. Their offensive is amongst the best in the league. Defense has been playing great. So, you know, shout out to the Lions for for sticking through it when it was tough. Shout out to the fans for sticking through it when it was tough. And now it's December and the Lions are playing meaningful football. So gear up. Enjoy this holiday season, but gear up and let's support these guys as, as, as they as they look to make a run into the playoffs. And we will be there to bring you every step of the action on the Lions journey to the playoffs. If you want to bet the Lions to make the playoffs, make sure you do it with our sponsors over at betonline.ag. But until we're back to preview the Jets game, which the Lions are going to win, we will see you next time peace without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies count on real-time product availability and fast delivery call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.